Welcome to the Weekly Review! This is Roman. It's Friday, April 28th, 2017. We're, we are already towards the end of April. 
We are here live in the Mission District here in San Francisco, California, USA. For label's sake, it's interesting that land has a name and borders and these things that we give it, just like human beings are given labels for our identities, even before we're born. You know, you're born and then they tell you who you are before you even come out. And that's the world that we live in. Hope everyone has had a relatively okay week considering all that's happened. There's a lot to, to get to today and we will do as much as possible. <sighs> How about that? How about just a deep breath? There seems to be in so many ways, just so many obstacles to living a authentic, kind, generous life. And it seems like when one clears one hurdle, another hurdle emerges. And I feel like that's with capitalism, this idea that it's to be honest and true to ourselves and then to also survive with the way that the rules are set up. It's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult. One has to have their basic needs met, first of all. And then everything beyond that is a whole other, whole other story. I've been up for a while today, yet I'm still waking up. It's interesting. We could have conversations early in the morning and then still, still waking up here. So that's where we are. There was yet another rally in Berkeley yesterday. Ann Coulter was supposed to speak, and then she pulled out, and then some folks decided to have a rally anyway, and reports were that 150 to 200 fascists showed up. And these are folks who are actual white supremacists. These are not just people who are necessarily Trump supporters. These are people who are avowed, bring in like white supremacist flags and messages that are super problematic. There were, I've, I read a few different people's reports from Cal as well as Civic Center Park, MLK Civic Center Park, where people had gathered. There were a lot of cops on campus. A friend took a photo of a police officer with a, an assault rifle, and he had his, his finger on the trigger of that assault rifle. And, you know, that's, it's, the thing is that they, they said, oh, this, this is about free speech. Really? Is that why the, the cops are armed, preparing to shoot people? There also were reports that the cops were stopping and frisking black and brown folks on campus. So there was a warning put out about that as well. And then there, the, there's the debate. I don't know if it's a debate, but among the left, some folks on the left, who people who are really championing this idea of free speech. Even the ACLU has kind of gone on board with it. Oh, it's free speech. However, a lot of folks view this as hate speech. When people are looking to tear down and eradicate, I don't know if I could use that word, really try to work to murder people in this country. When people are talking about harming marginalized communities, and even more than folks already are, as we know, that somehow I don't feel like that should really be covered under free speech. There's also the consequences of that. If you're saying, oh, we need to get rid of X and Y and Z people who belong to a certain, you know, racial or ethnic group or a religious group or a sexual orientation, that's, that's really problematic. And of course it also just leads to even more harassment and more violence. And there's already is enough violence as is. It's not like, oh, let's, let's hear them out. Like, let's hear those Nazis out. I can't get behind that argument at all. And some folks are, some folks are saying, oh, let's, let's hear what they have to say, or I don't agree with it. However, I will defend their right to say it. And I'm wondering where folks then draw the line. 
do you wait till the Nazis are marching in the streets? Because they kind of are. They they took over. They were on Shattuck and Berkeley a couple weeks ago. It, time, I don't know. I don't have any sense of time. Maybe it was one week ago. It was on a Saturday. It was very recent. Ugh. So I'm curious as to where folks who somehow think it's okay for white supremacists to go out there and speak and to advocate for harm against people. Where do you draw the line? That's my question. A lot of us are saying, no, this is already too much. We cannot allow these people to congregate. We cannot allow these folks to recruit. They're already in the White House. They're already passing laws that are terrible for humanity and the environment. So where does that... What, 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 are you wait, what are folks waiting for, I guess? People are, have already physically been attacked. The Southern Poverty Law Center has a statement out. There's, a, there's 917 hate groups in the U.S. as of right now. That's a lot of fucking hate groups. So, and there's been an increase. There's been over 1,000 in the new year of hate crime attacks. So for folks to ignore this, I think, is really dangerous. And there's also another quote I, I was reading, this idea that folks back in, in, in Europe were saying, oh, we wish people had overreacted to fascism. And that's the thing, too, is that folks are saying, oh, oh, you're overreacting, you're overreacting. Really? When people's lives are in danger, that's what you do. You react. And what might be overreacting to someone who's maybe not in that group that's being targeted, they might view that as, being, as overreacting. For a lot of us, though, it's our lives are on the line. So we don't view that as overreacting. We view that as self-defense. So I encourage folks to think of it that way. If you yourself don't feel attacked, maybe listen to the folks who do feel attacked. To be the most marginalized, who should be the ones who are listening to, who are listened to, those should be the folks who are listened to. So that's, that's my statement about that. And I also just have a lot of gratitude for the folks who do put their bodies on the line every fucking day. Just being in the world. <sighs> so we will have some calls in today, and that will be great. Uh, next week, we'll have a guest in from Russia who is a trans activist. So very much looking forward to having him on the show. <sighs> very much. There's just so much to learn, of course. So why don't you put that out there? We open up the show with a song I heard about yesterday. And I'm catching up here. Uh, the song is by uh, Linton Quasi Johnson, and it's Fight Them Back. And it's pretty much just about fighting back fascists. And this is from the, the song's from the 80s. And of course, um, a lot of things are still present. Coordinating a few things right now as I speak. Azalia will also be joining us again today in the studio, and that's great. Collaboration is wonderful. As Diamond Dave says, we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. So wanting to remember that, especially this idea of in this country, there's that idea, oh, I can do everything on my own, independent, everything, da, da, da. and then recognizing there's so much more. We're so much more powerful when we're together, which also brings me to May Day, which is happening on Monday. There's events happening all over the world. This has been a, 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 an actual holiday that I support. <laughs> Uh, a day that I support. So I encourage you to check in with what's happening in your city or town. If you don't see something, create something of your own. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. So bear with me as I am wanting to share more information with people. 
there's more and more reports about terrible things that this regime is doing, horrible things. Monday, this past Monday, happened to be Holocaust Remembrance Day. And some folks from Refuse Fascism, we went down to the ICE headquarters in San Francisco and had a, a, a press conference out there. And we had families of Holocaust survivors speak. And it was very powerful. And it's very important to also look at the lessons in history and connect what's happening, what happened then to what's happening now. And the, the very least we can do is learn from history and prevent the, these things from happening again. The whole theory is never again. And it's never again for, for anyone. We don't want this to happen again for anyone. And we're already seeing this. And even in the previous administration, because it's not like, oh, things suddenly, yeah, things definitely got worse. Things were also really bad in a lot of ways before 45 was elected. There were a number, huge, so many, so many deportations that happened in the last administration. Mass incarceration was very high. There were still drone attacks and wars happening. So it's not like things were, we were living in a utopia before then. And I think that's something crucial that folks need to recognize as well. Um, also wanting just to, to, to share that because it's what your, what our leaders, it's, it's, it's been problematic for a really long time. And there are some folks who are finally beginning to wake up to that. And a lot of us are thinking, oh, I wish that this had, you know, folks had woken up a bit early, earlier. Something else I was going to say. There's a lot of more things I want to say. I appreciate diversity of tactics. There's a lots of ways to make changes. I appreciate doing it outside the system. And there's a lot of folks who can also do it inside the system. And I think we need folks on all fronts to do that. To, if you're at work, make change that way. Talk to your coworkers. Talk to your family members. Uh, we all know different people. We all have different connections and it's really important that we speak to the folks that we can speak to. So I wanted to put that out there. <sighs> I think silence is really underrated. And imagine what it would be like if everyone meditated for at least 10 minutes every day. I know when I've done it, it's helped me out quite a bit. So I appreciate that. <sighs> putting that out there. There's a few stories that we'll get to. There, uh, there's some positive ones, and there's also a lot of ones that seem to be pretty uh, difficult to comprehend. There's a story that came out in the LA Times recently. Babies and children listed in Homeland Security's immigrant database of alleged criminals. So you can be a baby and be a criminal. So before, you know, it's not only they assign you a gender before you're born, they, they can also now... Uh, assign you your status as a criminal. That's is, this is like the problem with labels based on people's identities. Uh, I don't know about you. I feel a lot safer growing up in a world where growing up, yeah, we're all still growing up, growing up in a world where babies and children <laughs> are listed as alleged criminals. Meanwhile, the criminals are in the fucking White House. Let's be honest. The criminals are a lot of real estate brokers, which I will get into at some point in this show. There's a lot of fucking evil landlords out there, which is not a surprise to anyone. Although I think it's really important that we call that out. Who are the people who are, quote unquote, own the homes we live in and then harass us, which has happened to me recently. 
Um, I don't know if it's like a psychopath or a sociopath or what, but that behavior to go out of your way to harass people is pretty problematic. And when you have a level, when you're already have so much fucking privilege, I just don't understand it. I mean, I get that we have bad days and sometimes we mistreat each other when you're actually actively targeting people who are lower on the totem pole than you are, who have less agency, less, me, agency's not the right word, less power or like less financial capital than you do, who have more at risk. When you're actually like targeting the folks who have less than you do, what does that say about you as a fucking person? Bill Harkins. I'll say his name. You can, you can Google him online. There's folks who are in real estate who go around harassing people and victim blaming homeless folks, I think they're very problematic. I think they're extremely problematic and I just have to fucking say that. And there's a lot of folks like that out there in the Bay Area and everywhere. So, you know, what does one do when someone like that has power over you? When someone harasses you? Numerous people I know have been evicted have been harassed by landlords. I, it's, and you know, what do we do to solve it? I guess is a question. I can think of some things we can do. Perhaps other folks can also think of a few things. Here in San Francisco, there's the, the San Francisco Tenants Union, which I uh, wanna promote, they offer Free legal advice. Folks can go there. They're at 558 Cap Street, and you go to uh, sftu.org. They have a lot of information there. They have drop-in hours. And I recently received a a note from them. Your landlord can't harass you. So I'm wanting to put that out there. And there's just different things that you can do. There's uh, They have uh, flyers on harassment, landlord entry, what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, utility shutoffs. Lockouts, the eviction process, a lot of information. So again, go to sftu.org. You can stop by there in person as well. I'm not a fan of being harassed. I don't know about you. It's And it's fucking fascist. They also lie. And uh, that's not... Oh, it's just, it's so creepy. It's so creepy when someone comes to your home and lies to you and threatens you. That's That's not okay. So I'm going to put that out there. And I also know uh, this has happened to a lot of people and continues to happen to a lot of people. So I'm wondering how people can take the power back. What can we do to do that? <sighs> and it's also just very symbolic of the, the world that we're living in and the world that we've been living in for a long time, too. How do we stop people in positions of power who who make the rest of our lives a lot more difficult than they need to be? It, it goes beyond life is unfair. It, it goes when there's folks who have capital and connections and then threaten others. And these are folks who already have a lot. Why, if you already have a lot of fucking money, if you have a lot of property, why would you go around harassing people? Why do you do that? Does it make you feel better? It doesn't make me feel better. I don't want to like, I don't want to like ruin anyone's day. I don't feel good if I hurt someone indirectly or directly. That being said, I'm actually in a pretty good mood today. So I will I will put that out there, and it's important to talk about the positive things as well. So yeah, the articles in the LA Times uh, that I just mentioned about how uh, babies 
and children are being labeled as criminals. And this article is written by uh, Cindy Carcamo, and it came out yesterday. And as I mentioned, we're having some technical issues here, so it might take a little bit while to get everything together. Yeah, this is uh, this is a bit frustrating. I'm also going to be playing some music from the new Afghan Wigs album, on a side note. The Afghan Wigs are one of my favorite bands. I've seen them a number of times in various incarnations. And the folks at Sub Pop Records were kind enough to send an advanced copy of the new album, which comes out on May 6th. So, listeners, you're getting an extra treat today. Afghan Wigs, some new music from them. I'm going to play some of their music while I figure out um, some of the technical stuff here. And I wake up a bit. I had a cup of coffee, and I've been riding my bike all morning, so one would think I'd be up and sprightly and uh, just kind of taking it easy. So here's a song called Oriole, and they have a new video out for it. It's awesome. And it's like a, a witch's coven, and I, I recognize, I'm sure there are folks who are witches who are probably like, this is not fucking accurate. What the fuck is this? It's appropriative, etc. In the video, which I encourage folks to watch, though, there is a a white cis dude who gets sacrificed. So here's to that. The song is called Oriole, and we'll be back in a little bit.
Welcome back. That was the Afghan Wigs with Oriole. Ah, uh, yeah, good music. I appreciate them very much. There's a few more articles we'll get to. Uh, all debts of islands population are forgiven by the government, and this was in Iceland. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. There hasn't been much coverage in the media. And there's an article on Disclosed.tv here about how all debts were forgiven by the government. And imagine what would happen here in the States if that were to happen for uh, for college debt, for you know medical care debt, credit card debt. My words today, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes a little bit more coming out a little bit more clear. Today, struggling with that a bit. These things happen. <sighs> so I'll read part of this article here. As good as an approach that this is now being alleged that the U.S. Rothschild-controlled media, they say, has apparently completely blacked out any news involving Iceland's debt forgiveness. Attempting to search Iceland's mortgage debt forgiveness only leads to about 359,000 search results, with none of them being from the United States. Neither major or minor news outlets mention a single word about Iceland's decision. Uh, this is a huge hint that media in America is running the show and nitpicking at what should and what should not be news. As we all know, that's part of the reason I do this show. It's like, oh, this is fascinating. I hadn't heard this anywhere. There are lots of vulgar and heinous videos that are allowed to be seen. However, relevant and helpful events like debt forgiveness are essentially nowhere to be seen. Iceland forgave its population regarding mortgage debt and chose a much different approach to stop the economic crisis taking place in Europe. They decided to hear the population out and sideline bankers and politicians after their actions in 2008 destroyed one of the most prosperous economies this put bankers and politicians in the bench of accused this is especially interesting because it shows that standing up for what is right can lead to prosperous results for the country and that other countries should do the same as well when they are being pressured by unethical high-ranking individuals that's the theme of the show and of life Iceland is now enjoying some of the best times economically from this debt forgiveness. This is a major blow to the World Bank as it can lead to putting money in the hands of Americans. The U.S. government apparently owns 96% of bad loans, while major banking only owns about 3% of bad loans. This poor allocation leads to the U.S. government guaranteeing to collapse while big banks stay rich and do not have to worry about ever foreclosing on themselves. Oof. All right, and there's there's that. That is a another perspective for a story that some of us may have not heard. Also opening up the phone lines to folks who wish to discuss racism within the gay community, the LGBT community, as we know, exists. There is white supremacy within the LGBTQ community. There's misogyny. There's transphobia, classism. Everything that's problematic uh, with larger society is also present within the queer community and it's important that that's addressed. So opening up the phone lines, if anyone would like to call in and talk about that, our number is 415-550-0511. We'll be on until about 1.50 p.m., uh, followed by Women's Magazine with Global Val starting around 2 p.m. So yeah, wanting to offer folks a chance to call in. You're also welcome to, if you want to write something, um, I, I'm happy to read that for you. And that's this goes on, this will be like an ongoing invitation for folks who wish to share their stories since... We need to witness what's happening. Speaking of witnessing what's happening, up in Arcata, a student was murdered 
uh, in Humboldt County. Um, <sighs> in the last week, and there are, and the eyewitness eyewitness has alleged that the police and the EMT were racist and did not save their friend who was murdered. And Mad River Union, which is the the press of Arcata and McKinleyville, there is an article recently that came out on April 26th, written by Paul Mann. And uh, Elijah Chandler, a geology junior at, and also trigger warning, violence, racism. Uh, that should be a trigger warning on every show. Elijah Chandler, a geology junior at Humboldt State University, was kneeling in a pool of blood trying to save the life of his close friend and fellow student, David Josiah Lawson. Lawson had just been stabbed, allegedly, by a McKinleyville man, Kyle Zellner, who had been jailed for murder on $1 million bail. Lawson lay bleeding to death beneath a tree on Spear Avenue in the early morning hours of Sunday, of Saturday, April 15th, the day before Easter. Trained in first aid, Chandler stanched his friend's knife wounds with his t-shirt and administered mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. He and Lawson's girlfriend, who had been stabbed at least twice on her left arm, struggled in vain for some 15 minutes or more before EMTs arrived. Chandler is convinced that his 19-year-old schoolmate's life could have been saved if EMT aid had been timely, professional, and thorough. Instead, he alleges, the medical care was hesitant, half-hearted, and sketchy, because in his judgment, the EMTs were white and Lawson was black. Further, Chandler accuses Arcata police of doing nothing to care for Lawson in the interval before three medics finally arrived. His vivid impression was that some seven officers stood by passively, negligent, disengaged and unmoved by Lawson's imminent death, unmoved because he was black. Arcata Police Chief Tom Chapman responded in an email that Chandler's accusations and similar complaints from other eyewitnesses are being evaluated. However, our focus is the homicide investigation. I cannot pull resources away from the criminal investigation at this time. Of course, what you fucking say. Fuckers. If Chandler's allegations are true, then the police actions he claims to have witnessed are in sharp contrast to the immediate and successful life-saving operations of APD officers Don Arminio and Matthew O'Donovan after they shot a drunk and threatening white man four times just outside a service station at 14th and H Streets in May 2016. The suspect survived and the officer's actions were vindicated by an official inquiry. To date, law enforcement authorities have produced no evidence publicly nor made any official statements that Lawson's murder was racially motivated. Zellner pleaded not guilty at his arraignment last week while admitting he was involved in a physical fight with the victim. According to the arrest report filed by APD Sergeant Detective Todd Duck, Duckweiler, his report contains no allegations of either racist or white supremacist violence. Answering a union inquiry after Zellner's arraignment, Humboldt County District Attorney Maggie Fleming said, I may only file charges that can be proven based upon admissible evidence. I filed a single charge of murder based upon witness statements received from the Arcata Police Department, which did not include any evidence related to a hate crime. (sighs) If there are eyewitnesses who have additional information, they should provide it to the Arcata Police Department. Let's think what happens when the, who polices the police is the question. In the 70-minute one-on-one interview, April 21st at the HSU campus, the soft-spoken and mild-mannered Chandler related in measured but exacting detail what he witnessed when his friend Lawson 
when his friend Lawson was killed. Chandler had been at a Spear Avenue after party for several hours with fellow members of Brothers United, a university club of African-American men, but open to all, according to the club's website. He had arrived sometime between 10.30 and 11 p.m., Good Friday evening, followed by following a separate birthday celebration at the Bayfront One restaurant in Eureka, attended by 15 to 20 Brothers United members and sisters from Legacy, a campus club for women of color. The instant he learned that Lawson had been pepper sprayed, allegedly, by one of two female companions with Zellner, and then stabbed in the wee hours of Saturday morning, Chandler ran off in the front yard to find his stricken friend. Hearing his scream some distance from the house, he quickly located the stricken Lawson. Lawson had collapsed in the pitch-black darkness on a grassy, muddy area beneath a tree with low-hanging branches. He had crawled there from a gravel path that leads up to the front porch and was barely conscious, Chandler said. His arm was moving and grasping at the branches of a tree. A BU brother grabbed one of Josiah's hands and said, It's okay, brother. It's okay. I dropped down to my knees. I don't know how I had the presence of mind to do this, but whenever things with me get really, really intense, I get kind of calmness about me, and it allows me to react to what is happening instead of panicking. Right away, Chandler noticed that Lawson had two stab punctures. I took off my white t-shirt and put it on the side of his stomach and pressed on both wounds. His shirt was already off. Maybe he took it off to wipe his eyes when he was pepper sprayed. His girlfriend was to my left, and she was screaming hysterically and said, I need you to calm down. You gotta calm down. I need you to put pressure right here. And I grabbed her hand and put it right here and right here, he gestures. And I said, hold this. Just please hold this. I yelled out, somebody call an ambulance. I started doing compressions on his chest because I noticed his hand wasn't moving anymore. His eyes had closed, and he wasn't looking responsive at all. Again and again, Chandler observed that Lawson had stopped breathing, and he performed mouth-to-mouth resuscitation countless times to revive him. I would hear him come back. I would hear him start breathing again, and his eyes would open just a little, slightly. And I said, like, all right, come on, Josiah, come on, come on, we're here, we're here. We got you, man. Everything's going to be fine. And I asked someone to grab his legs and hold his legs above his heart so the blood would continue pumping through his heart. I had first aid training when I was 18. That's how I knew to put his legs up. We were doing this for about 15 minutes. I was hoping and praying he would come back, and he did keep coming back, but it wasn't looking good. Every time I gave him mouth to mouth, I could feel my lips were burning and my face was was burning. That's how I knew he was pepper sprayed, because I could feel it on my face. It was burning the entire time. Chandler paused with a meaningful expression and said calmly but damningly, this is the real kicker. There are about seven cops standing around at this point. The police showed up in record time and did nothing. They were there and they were there for crowd control. The dispatcher was always telling them they needed all available units for crowd control. They never once mentioned that someone had been stabbed. The recording is posted online and available. Asked if any threatening words, gestures, or actions were directed at police, or if they had any reason whatsoever to feel risk, Chandler replied simply, no. As he waited in high anxiety for the medics to arrive, all of my brothers were either subduing the assailant to block his escape, or they were by my side, helping and talking to Josiah so he'd stay alive. The only thing I heard, it was monstrous in my opinion, was the two Caucasian women Now that the police had arrived and were just making sure the assailant was going to be okay and that nobody touched him, the women were saying, I really wish this, that N-word does die. I really hope that N-word dies. Fuck. Fuck.
they just kept repeating it. And I heard this. And as I'm giving Josiah compressions to fight for his life, they, the women, weren't silenced by the police. And the police did nothing to assist me. They didn't put up any kind of caution tape or cordon off the crime scene. I don't know what police protocol is, but to do nothing, I don't think is what they're trained to do. And that is what they did. Absolutely nothing. There was no attempt to help Josiah. There were, they were only there to make sure that this group of colored people didn't get rowdy or end out of control. Two emergency medical technicians arrived first and returned away because they were either told by police or heard from dispatch that we were rioting, Chandler alleged. Said to be afraid, the two EMTs... Oh, fuckers. Said to be afraid, the two EMTs left the scene temporarily and waited for the arrival of the third EMT, which delayed Lawson's treatment, according to Chandler. That's why it took more than 15 minutes for the third one to get there. When the EMTs finally did get there, police cars were blocking the way for them to get through, so they had to park on the street and run further with a stretcher just to get to Josiah. The cops still offered no assistance. Once the EMTs did get there, they asked us to move out of the way, and when I did that, they grabbed Josiah, grabbed his left leg and his left arm, and just dragged him out from where he was next to the tree. Come to find out, this was told to us by the lead detective on the case. The EMTs did not go to where Josiah was to administer first aid and CPR because they said they were afraid to go in there. <sighs> because I was there, and my brother's united brother was there. They were afraid to help Josiah because... They were afraid to help Josiah where he was because they thought we would hurt them. Chandler teared up, his voice broke. His countenance turned desolate and forlorn. This would not have happened if he had been a Caucasian male, he said plaintively of Lawson's fate. His voice cracked beseechingly as he went on. It should not have happened. While we're listening to the while we're listening to these white Caucasian women say they hope he dies, we have the Caucasian EMTs dragging his body out. And that's when my brother started to yell, What are you doing? Why are you dragging him? At which point the cops turned around and pulled their tasers and pointed them at my brothers and said, Back off, back off. Chandler returned to Lawson and dropped back down to his knees again by his side. The EMT, she begins doing compressions, but I notice she's not giving him rescue breaths. She's on the left side of me, and I said, like, man, I should be giving him rescue breaths. Man, should I? Oh. And I said, man, should I be giving him rescue breaths? Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? And she says, yes, do it. My first thought was, why are you letting me do your job? She didn't want to touch him. And I just kept giving rescue breath. I just kept giving him rescue breaths, and I noticed that she didn't, that she hadn't covered his wounds. So no one was applying pressure to his wounds. So as she's doing the compressions, the blood is pumping out of his side. Chandler's tone became disbelieving, incredulous. I tell her you're not covering the wounds. You have to apply pressure. Have somebody apply pressure. So then she calls one of the other EMTs and says, "Okay, yeah, apply pressure to the wounds." And I said, "You need to lift his legs up. Lift his legs up." So she asks someone else to lift his legs up. The whole time I'm wondering why I let her take my place. When they brought out the defib defibrillator, I already knew he was gone. And the way they were putting the pads on him. They had one pad on and one was flipped over to the side. They charged it up and the electric current never went off. They did it about three times and each time it was sloppier. It was disgusting to watch. Chandler, whose first aid training included Operation of a defibrillator uh, excuse me it's taking one second uh, Chandler 
whose first aid training included operation of a defib defib defibrillator sighed heavily now as the interview wound to its close. Invisib uh, visibly weary and disconsolate, he went on. She, the EMT, was not even willing to try to save his life. She was doing what she what looked good. Luckily, I knew what should have been happening, and she had to be held accountable. And the paper asked if Chandler got her name, and Chandler says that he did not. And they also asked how old she was, and Chandler says, I'm not entirely sure, but somewhere between mid-20s and mid-30s. And the union asks, do you attribute her behavior to incompetence or to racial prejudice? And Chandler says, I believe she had her EMT certification, and I believe that if it had been someone else she cared, to, she cared about to save, she would have done the proper procedure. So I do attribute it to race. I believe Josiah was targeted by the two Caucasian females about, missing, about their missing cell phone because he was a black male. I believe he was stabbed because he was targeted by a, a white male who has a history of assault on people of color. Just the previous weekend, Chandler said, he was told by an APT officer Zeldner was at a party and hit another person of color over the head with a bottle. He had a violent record, and this was told to us later on by one of the detectives. I'm not sure who it was. In a concluding vignette from the mortifying crime scene, Chandler observed Josiah was in the ambulance, at which time another Brothers United member tried to get him in the ambulance with him, saying, this is my family, I need to go with him. And the EMT said, get the fuck out of my truck. So, here is something from the last two fucking weeks, here in Humboldt County, which is close to, it's in Northern California-ish, it's pretty close by. This is, and this is one example so for folks to somehow think that these things aren't happening, I don't even know, don't even know what else to say. I'm going to take another music break and uh, we'll be back in a little bit. was a child, an open letter To be read aloud to the throne Caught in a spell of stormy weather Mnemonic lines to the fore That's kept us together I look to the sky And it's gone Save one for me And I'll never forget you
Sweet Gail, thanks for calling in. Well, yeah, the last time I don't think is what the hell you called me for. So what are you guys doing over there right now? Ugh, contemplating the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Life in the Bay Area. Uh, Zalia is here, and we're just talking about uh, harassment from landlords, first of all. That's one thing. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. And how people have moved out of San Francisco. Hello? Yep. So what are you guys doing over there right we were talking about landlord harassment. <laughs> Look up. Look up city apartments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone mentioned that to me yesterday. How they, yeah. 
Do you want to do you want to share with the listeners a bit about City Apartments? What happened there? I don't. I, th- I thought they. I thought they were sued. I understand it. The city of San Francisco told them to pay up ten million dollars if they want to continue doing business here. Yes, and that was that they were not allowing uh, certain folks to come into the building. Correct. I don't know they, what what, was, what were the results if they went to court or whatever. But I can tell you what they did to me. Yeah. Um. Well, the building I was in. They don't own it anymore. They were telling me something about they're going to give me six thousand dollars to move out if I happen to move out anyway. And I have no intention to move. I've been in this place since 1978. Wow! Snap. And, uh, and then they then they put the utility bill in one of their corporation names or whatever. I come home and I just paid the energy bill. And I couldn't figure out why was they uh, putting the, sending me another bill. And it turned out they didn't even get me out of here yet. And they changed the utility into some uh, name from one of their companies or something. Mm-hmm. And I called up the utility company, and they said, that's just fine. I wasn't going nowhere. And uh, you know, they sent the guy over. He was taking pictures, and he was... Uh, you say, you got to do this within 24 hours. You got to do this in 24 hours. Oh, God. But unfortunately for him, I went and got a social worker mm. who I think was uh, attached to the federal government. And after he found out I had this social worker, because the social worker had a um, business with him before over her other client or whatever, he didn't want to talk to me anymore, it seems. Mm-hmm. You know? He, he, the social worker said... From now we're going to communicate through her. Yeah. Oh, they had lots. Of, and then they called me up one day, some representative from him, from the company, mm-hmm. called me up and left voicemail on my voicemail and said something about they were a counselor for the tenants in the building. But they didn't tell me what it was about. I had to call them up to find out what it was about. You want to hear what it was about? Sure. <laughs> It was about there. They wanted to give me twenty-five thousand hours to move out of here. Oh and what kind of an asshole am I? <laughs> what is twenty-five thousand hours going to do for me? <laughs> and what am I going to live in the cardboard box? San Francisco. Uh, there are yeah. quite a few stories in the newspaper about them. Yeah. You probably can look them up. Mm-hmm. Damn. About uh, some guy going on vacation, and when he came back, they lots for change. Oh yeah. hell no! Uh, yeah. What else? About they didn't pay the money they said were going to pay when people said they were going to get them out. Because I read a lot of this in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. That they didn't pay up the money they said they were going to pay people. Oh, wow. Um, meeting people out on the street mm-hmm. who wanted uh, repairs on their places. Oh, man. And letting them know that they were licensed to carry arms or oh. something to that effect. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stories in the newspaper about them. Yeah, you probably can look them up through the computer. Yeah. But uh, they're real sweethearts, let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, Are yeah. Are still there? Oh, yeah, we're here. Yep. I mean, when they're going to get... Like, come on, you got to read between the lines. They're giving the tenants in the building I live in a counselor. <laughs> what a bunch of fools. Shuffle, shuffle, That was just as good as the IRS called me up and tell me that my time is short and... 
to you. I have to pay up or something. <laughs> I got some of those phone calls too. That oh my God! Your last warning. The IRS is going to take legal action against you. Mm. <laughs> Money. Greed. Not too long before I called you, they're going to some kind of organization was collecting. Uh, donations or something. Mm -hmm. They talk fast, man. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I told them, I don't know if you're a scammer or what. Don't call me back no more. Yeah. Scammer and for sure. People keep calling me up. And I don't know which ones are the, the legitimate organizations or scams. And even a lot of legitimate organizations, what they do is uh, they hire people to raise funds and they're paying the people. Mm -hmm. And and maybe only a small percentage of what they're getting is actually going to the organization. You have to look up all these days, you know? Well, that's how you just have them mail in. <laughs> Remember the Wounded Warriors Foundation some time back? They mm. said a couple of the big executives there were misusing the funds, and I guess they threw them out of the organization. Oh, yeah. You can look that up, too. What I really like is the SBCA ads, you know? <laughs> I don't know what percentage is actually going to the SPCA and what percentage is going what? elsewhere. Or what goes to the animals. I could try to find out yep. how much the head of the SPCA makes. Yeah, the head of any organization. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find that out before. Yeah, apparently. Because, you know, a lot of things, I'm not saying all charities are crooks. Just most. But you find out yeah. things about them, like the Wounded Warriors. Yeah. A couple of the big shots in the organization right. was using the money, and it was publicly made on the news mm -hmm. that they were abusing the money for their own yeah. self. Well, that's the thing they is that they were uh, <laughs> like more or less thrown out of the organization. Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta watch out for a lot of <laughs> yeah. scams. Yes. I, mean, I was watching this news story <laughs> where uh, one of these IRS scams, yeah. where they told the woman to go. Somewhere, maybe it was Walmart or something. I mm -hmm. forget the thing. And go buy iTunes uh, gift cards and uh, and send the number to them. Oh. And this was supposed to be the IRS. <laughs> wow. Yeah, scams all about. Yeah. Well, the thing is also the yeah, idea of charity. Well, I'm gonna go now. You yep. Know. <laughs> well, it's not really important what I have to say. Yeah. Come get you. <laughs> they make it sound so serious. Yeah. Your timer's running out. This is the final warning. You gotta pay up. Yeah. Those scams gonna shove it up their butt when it comes to me. Yeah. They can take a stick of dynamite and shove it up their own butt. You're here. They get a nickel out of me. Yep. That's right. Cool. Well, thanks for calling in, Gail. Boom. All right. Thanks, Gail. Thanks, Gail. Amen. Well, bye. Thanks, Gail, for calling in. A couple things I was going to comment on. First of all, is that CEOs, it's like the high, that's the population, that job with the highest population of sociopaths are mm -hmm. CEOs. Oh, yeah. And then also the fact that like charities have to even exist is this idea that somehow it, uh, it's a distraction from the fact that the system is problematic and doesn't work. Or, yeah. I mean, it works as it's supposed to, but yeah. like if we didn't have. It's not like, oh, we'll have a charity and we'll fix the problem. No, the problem is that people aren't getting their basic needs met. So yep. that's why people set up charities. Yep. That's all I was going to share in regards to mm -hmm. Gail's comments. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard some really terrible things about city apartments. So, mm. oh, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. hadn't heard the name, but I mean, I know it's happening everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that they're targeting older people. Yes. Yeah. That's the main, that's how it's been. The mm-hmm. older you get, the more of a, you know, you're a target for lots of things. Yeah. Fake IRS calls. And <laughs> luckily we have a Gail who's fighting the power. Yeah. <laughs> as everyone should. <laughs> so encouraging folks to call in. Our number is 415-550-0511. And I see we're, we're going to have a discussion about racism within the LGBTQ community. So if you would like to talk about your experiences, please do give us a call. If you don't want to call and we want to write in something, feel free to write something as well. This will be an ongoing theme on the show until we solve this as that will be forever not forever that's me being really maybe pessimistic (laughs) it's just it's been happening for a long time and it needs to be addressed and anyone for i mean first of all just like it's new york san francisco doesn't matter where you are it's very present and very overt and then Mm. even if you look in any of the craigslist ads if you look Mm. in like i mean it's i don't know i don't look in a lot of ads a lot of the time and I don't necessarily look at the men for women ads I'm willing to wager that there's more white supremacist gay men than there are white supremacist straight men in the world mm, that's yeah, like probably. based on some of these fucking ads where it's like white for white only it's yeah. like whoa in San Francisco and I get that San Francisco is like a fucking racist city yeah. so there's that mm-hmm. it's I mean it's so and it's not just like one every now it's like there's a lot yeah it's They're really gross <laughs> yeah and those are just the folks who like admit it so mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how are you doing, Azalia? Welcome back uh, to the show. Thank you. I missed you. Oh yeah, I missed you too. <laughs> I didn't miss uh, the racism or um, no. misogyny or negative vibes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if we like don't talk about it, it won't happen. Yeah. Exactly. I just <laughs> we'll need... just do what we've been doing as Americans for just hundreds pretend, of years. Yeah, pretend it's not there. Don't worry. It's okay. I've been doing my part by a. Uh, uh, well, I still, every time there's, I mean, I take BART everywhere in, mm-hmm. in the city. It's, and especially in downtown, it's just packs and packs of white techie men. So uh, I do my part and make sure they know that they're white men and I see them. And, and how does that go? I just go right by them. When they're in my way, they'll like yeah. not move. And I go, excuse me, group of white yeah. men. Yeah. And just that catches them off guard just so they know I know you're a white man. Yeah. That is what you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know they like to think they're like, cultured because they live in San Francisco or I don't know what the fuck they eat tacos. <laughs> but I'm like, no, you're a white man. Move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, that's the message I think that we need to send to a lot of people <laughs> yeah that's it's just pointing you know my my come from uh, my i'm latin and my family thinks i'm so ballsy and like brat i don't know and and i'm like that's fine with me they they tell me like don't do that the fuck no someone you do it <laughs> you yeah. need to make this a normal point it out so we talk about it so it doesn't have to be an issue anymore yeah but it's gonna take a lot of work yeah <sighs> yeah yeah, it's crazy. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I mean, I think every day there's occasions when I could speak up and don't, and mm-hmm. I feel like every day as like, as much of like a loud mouth I am, like on the radio, and okay. in a lot of other ways, like there's a lot like I stand for, Yeah. and I catch myself every day, I like, might witness something, I might be in a conversation, or I might be seeing something from afar, and sometimes I'm able to mm-hmm. speak up and yeah. take action, and other times I choose not to, for whatever, maybe it's complicity, complic- being complicit, maybe yeah. it's for like safety, yeah. or maybe it's because I'm just being lazy, and mm-hmm. I I don't want to engage yeah you're like i can't deal with that right and, now or yeah or make excuses and it's it's so and then it's like everywhere mm-hmm. like every yeah. day there's something yeah. that's really i was on set yesterday and mm-hmm. it was overall it was a good i don't want to talk about something that was negative on set because overall it was a really positive experience a lot of times like with in mm-hmm. production there's like a lot it's like more there's more men than women and it's like more yeah. white than not and it's just 
Yeah. It's kind of hard. straight than not. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard Overall, not to see it's right there in front of you. Yeah. I don't, why am I going to like the negative experience yeah. I had? Overall, it was a really positive experience. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. So. Um, I had a really awkward experience this week, actually. Um, I went to a... Uh, like an after hour thing with my friend Heather, who's Filipino, but mm-hmm. she, she's really tan. She's beautiful though. But we went um, to this after hours thing and the moment we walk in, cause we're, we feel vibes. I really like that about her. Like she knows people, she'll give people hugs and be yeah. like, you seem like a great person. And yeah. she's correct. She's the reason like me and Jasmine linked up again. And you know, she's great friends, yeah. great personality. But we walked into this place and all you see, I felt like I got raped the moment I walked in. Just all white men, coked out of their minds, just standing around staring. No one's dancing except girls. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like I need a cigarette or something just from like looking at this creepy ass group of white rich men just staring at you. I'm like, you know, this is a... I had to leave like every 20 minutes. I'm like, let's go outside and breathe because I'm like, I really love house music. I want to dance. And me and her, we dance together. And Mm -hmm. like the moment you go... I don't know. I know how that a lot of clubs are kind of like that, but it, it was really weird. And I like kept saying out loud, I'm like, is it, there's way too many white men here. Just only white men makes me feel really unsafe. That sounds like the white house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it sounds like I'm probably like a lot of boardrooms and a lot of places where it's like, no, no, no. Like this is not, this is not okay. Yeah. You're like, where's the color at dude? Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, obviously they won, but it's so obvious. <laughs> won. <laughs> they won. Yes. They won. <laughs> Gotta fight them. Fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Make oh. them feel uncomfortable about, about who they are. You're like, you, you are a white man. That is not good. You need to do a lot for us. Right. I mean, it's, and again, it's like not about identity. Like, you can be like a cis white guy. And if you're like down to like take down the system, then by all means, then you're a fucking friend and you're a comrade of mine. Exactly. Absolutely. It's not just about that. So no, I think, yeah. I hope folks recognize that instead yeah. of getting so butthurt all the time. Yeah, no, exactly. Where it's like, but I'm a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, come, the, calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Stop. So- oh my if, God. If all you, that privilege. If you listen and you have good politics then that's great yeah you get that's it all then that's fine you know mm. and like I, i'm someone who like, i'm white and i i'm i totally get it i get why like i get like you're like read a book <laughs> shit we're angry <laughs> well, that's, like, like you sense. may be cool some of them are really cool but for the most part history has taught us don't trust the white man <laughs> yeah and for very good reason every i mean the article i just read you know and this is like yeah. modern fucking day and this is in california this is mm. this is just one example and this is just what got reported yeah exactly yeah <sighs> how much stuff doesn't get reported yeah way too much how many like microaggressions oh all the fucking time oh. all the time it's really depressing and it's infuriating that people act like it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's like the worst part. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I get that there's a lot of, there's like a ways to go to like, how do we correct this behavior? Like even with, you know, within ourselves, like how yeah. do I not partake in this system? Yes. When yes. we're not given like a lot of options where it's, for instance, like the, the sheet I got on, you know, how not to, what happens if your landlord harasses you? So one thing that the counselor said was like, oh, you can also call the cops if they get, if your landlord's a total D-bag. Yeah. He didn't use the word D-bag. Yeah. I don't even like using the word D-bag. I don't know why I said it. Jerk? maybe is a better word and my my thing is like i don't really trust the cops though so it's kind of like what options am i given to protect myself yep exactly exactly so that's i think something else that's important to i hate being around cops yeah we've definitely talked about that and then in the meantime like what do we create in the meantime Mm. and again it's like the system it's you know people are also like oh my so-and-so is a cop well the system that's in place 
if it, we don't have a system, if people don't become cops in the first place, then yeah. things will be a little bit better. Yep. Just need or safer for a lot of people. Exactly. I know there's a, my aunt, um, her like best friend's um, husband is a cop and I've been at their house multiple times mm-hmm. and I kind of get a weird vibe sometimes from him just for the simple fact that he's a Latin man too, but he's very big and scary kind of looking and mm-hmm. intimidating, which, and it's just kind of like, I want to really talk to him about things when I'm scared to talk to him about things. Yeah. And I'm like, you seem nice. I don't know. What do you do? I feel like they all have something to hide too, even though he may they do. They all have, whenever something we, we hear these like stories about them and it's like, Oh yeah, the, yeah. Why don't you want to release the tapes? Why can't we see what actually happened? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're not doing anything wrong, then why should it be a problem if I'm watching you, which happens a lot. I feel like every fucking cop watching all the time. It's mm, like, yeah, I know. It's like, I, I feel like it's like, no, I'm not, rubbernecking i'm making sure this dude is doing his job yeah yeah and if you're not doing anything wrong or illegal which is a whole other story in itself Mm -hmm. then then there's there should be no reason that i'm you know standing by just watching you yeah exactly just exactly (laughs) they don't like being watched at all no they do not i wonder why (laughs) yeah that um earlier when we were talking about or you're, you're mentioning going to the club and being around all these men. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of an article that I just read earlier, and that's about dragonflies, female dragonflies, mm-hmm. who pretend to drop dead um, when they're around male advances. Oh. So this came out yesterday. <gasps> female dragonflies fake sudden death to avoid male advances. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> I think many of us, like female and not, can uh, identify with this. Yes. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, uh, I'm not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, knowing some creeps out there, they probably like, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's too dark. <laughs> but, um, my actually, I actually, that's when my, my aunt and cousin were telling me that I was doing too much at that club. I was there to dance, but, um, I was quite a few guys kept coming up to me and I would immediately, I don't know if you've seen the Chappelle show mm-hmm. or know his little John references. Um, but when like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> when he goes up to the guy, he says something like, Hey, what are you doing? He goes, huh? Oh, huh? yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? So I kept doing that. Every time a guy would come up to me, i just go, huh? <laughs> like, I couldn't hear him and just act like I, I was hilarious, but, like, I don't want to talk to you, obviously. And it worked like a charm. Mm-hmm. No one talked to me. It was funny. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> My aunts were like, stop it. I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, do the coy, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just here with my friends, because then they just keep going and yeah. going. And and then, yeah, and then what happens also if you're direct with them, like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Yeah, then you're a bitch. Then be like, whatever, bitch, I'll, you're ugly anyway. You, that happens to me all the time. Because I'm like, just, dude, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Well, fuck you then, bitch. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Because you were being direct and honest. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to you. I'm sorry you feel rejected. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what just happened. Well, it's like they can't, like, they're so fragile that they have to, like, put you down. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking human emotion. It's, I get it. You're defensive because you've been rejected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, I get it. You know, I get defensive too. But yeah. I don't yeah. Wanna... No, I, it's been, oh man, <laughs> there's been quite a few times where they get super mean all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, a minute ago you were telling me how beautiful I was and now all of a sudden I'm an ugly bitch. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Go go work on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. 
Yeah. I'm going to look up the uh, one of the articles. There's a new bar in New York City that folks have talked about discrimination. Ah, oh, yes. So Let I'm me hear about it. So I'm going to an article. So it might just take some time so we can yeah. chat more. We can put on some music. Yeah, no. Pretty casual. Again, opening up the phone lines, 415-550-0511. Please oh. do share your experiences with us here mm-hmm. i mean like it's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> man oh, yeah. to be a, a gay black man in san francisco is mm-hmm. very tough or any anywhere anywhere, anywhere. Like, yeah. i mean it's sad that even here yeah in new york you know these supposedly liberal places racism is everywhere yeah you think it's just in arkansas or something but it's it's everywhere no. in the most liberal of places like the gay bar yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see just only white men it's mm-hmm. so ironic <laughs> yeah it feels really uncomfortable yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah i i yeah i'm sorry guys <laughs> sorry <laughs> fuck <laughs> <sighs> so then it's like you know what do we do to stop it within the community do we have conversations and then people get really defensive too there's i've been unfriended by people which i know is like so minor comparatively but people have i've called people out on it and then they're like bye so instead of even having a conversation yeah yeah people are like seeing where you come you're from. oppressing me and then i get unfriended i'm like oh Oh, I was just saying that you shouldn't be a white supremacist, but okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, or Nazi. At least, <laughs> or at least to you know call people on their behavior and also recognize our own behavior. Like I'm not yeah. perfect. Like we're all we all make mistakes, and the thing is to change our behavior. What can we do to change our behavior? And yeah. there's so much to change because we've all been brainwashed to oh, yeah. act a certain way and use certain language. And yeah, you know, <sighs> for the most part, we were all raised here. Or I know a lot of us weren't, but it's implanted. I know it. It makes me so sad. I'll have thoughts. I don't ever act on them and I like I notice them and I'm like that that sucks that I feel that way or that's just in my mind because that's what I've been around my whole life Mm -hmm. and but as long as you recognize it and don't act on it and try to do the opposite of that and go wait I shouldn't feel that way or yeah you know or why do I feel this way even to question it I feel is like something else where why am I Uh. doing this why am I not doing this who am I talking to who am I not talking to Mm -hmm. like there are times when I'm like feeling just I don't want to talk to anyone and so it's like oh am I just not wanting to talk to anyone like what yeah what's happening with who because there's so many people out in the world and it's like what is and how I view people and the assumptions that I'm making about people too and yeah. like I'm sure there's assumptions people make about me as well so yeah. how does one navigate the world yeah exactly in that way? and I'm like who am I going to talk? I don't know luckily I I grew up in East Palo Alto which is like predominantly black people so I I'm really happy I I like I'll be with other friends and I could tell they might feel uncomfortable with the amount of black people around and I could mm. just tell by the look in their face and I'm like, Oh man, that sucks. So I'm like I feel way more comfortable around black people because they understand and I I know I've been around that my entire life. So mm-hmm. I know how to talk around them more. I feel a little bit more judged around white people because I talk a little differently. I mean, I'm educated. I could talk how they want me to talk. I, I've been to country clubs, sadly. Wow. Yeah. Never been to a country club. Dude, I am... I like to be well-rounded. <laughs> like, I am from Midtown, East Palo Alto. I could talk hella ghetto. But, like I said, my, my best friend growing up, she has Asperger's and um, diabetes and ADD. She's really weird and awesome and just, she wasn't, she's not typically, like, the, you know, they're, like, awkwardly social, which I think is cute. Like, I'm like, you're kind of weird. We should be friends. But 
I had no idea she was like insanely rich because and so I we were best friends we're still like best friends and her dad is literally named Tom he is a white man hella rich sells houses in Atherton you know and the you know mom's a lawyer they're just I'm like oh look at Uncle Tom and I'd go to the country club with them and it was such a weird experience and it taught me how to behave in front of white people I never felt comfortable I always felt like not myself but I had to do it I guess to yeah. get to swim in that pool <laughs> fuck yeah oh and there's one black guy in the country club uh, Willie Mays <laughs> the baseball player yeah yeah it's the only black guy there which didn't wow yeah <laughs> wow yeah unless you're Willie Mays can't get in <laughs> right fucking insane uh, <sighs> yeah, fuck that. I'd rather get a pass to the YMCA, man. <laughs> Same shit. Yeah, right. It's, I don't. I don't know. It's ugh, elitist, fucking ridiculousness. Yeah. How much they pay for that? That's what I hate. Money so much. The fact that they pay so much fucking money to be part of this white people club. Mm. Why don't you donate that money yeah. and help society? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After a certain amount, like, if you have enough to, like, support yourself, like, housing, food, get your basic needs met, cover expenses, you know, after a certain point. Yeah, it's, you know you have too much money when you're part of a country club. You have, wait, they already had a swimming pool at their house. Why do you have to go to the country club to go swim in another pool? To me, that's just excessive. (laughs) Why? I don't get that. I'm like, why don't you pay for a bunch of kids to go to college? That would be awesome. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's if I had a bunch of money, I'd be like, go to the like, poorest parts of the bay and be like, hey, here's your college fund, here's your college fund. Yeah. Go get shit done in your community. Right, right. That's what you should do with your money. Or help folks get out of debt, for <laughs> yeah. instance. Oh, yeah, exactly. I know, the families have been busting their asses and still busting their asses, mm-hmm. never gonna just die busting their ass. <laughs> it's, yeah, they don't, they don't need to do that. I mean, they do. <laughs> But they don't need to if, you know, these ah, these people didn't exist. <laughs> I hear that. Or with better conscience, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> the no. country club rant. Oh, no, there's a lot to, there's a lot to rant about. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was a, someone posted this art, uh, video from 1984 about this, like, it's like kind of like a camp that they go to in, like, in the Redwoods. It and just it's sounds all, horrible. And it's all like white men and it's just really, seems really gross. And this is like from 1984 mm, okay. that this event came out or this video came out. Oh, wow. I'm like feeling, I don't know. Do you ever feel like days sometimes I just can't quite, I had a, I saw a friend this morning and I had a really, we had a good conversation and it was like early in the morning and I, we're mm. talking about a lot of interesting things. Yeah. And then I get here and I'm on the radio and I'm like, and, uh, uh, Mm, uh, and I'm having difficulty <laughs> being as either as clear or concise as I want to be. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I feel like here I just rant. Just oh. I have a lot to rant about. There's a lot to rant about. Everyone, you mm. know, needs to do that. Yeah, exactly. For sure. We're also having some technical... It's the, I don't want to blame technology. Yeah. However, <laughs> I'm having some difficulty uh, loading up the articles that I wanted to discuss a bit. So Aww. that's. I think it's also maybe it's... Uh, if that were going faster, then I might be going faster too. Yeah. That makes sense. Or maybe we're like reading each other's energy where the computer's like, oh, Damn. Roman's feeling kind of tired today. I, I'll uh, be take tired my as time. well. <laughs> no, I'll take my time. Yeah. Because you're going to want to talk a lot once you read that. Yeah. <laughs> One article that I think is pretty cool, it's from Salon. And so they, 
all the fucking stupid things that 45 and this regime are doing, they unveiled a new anti-immigrant hotline for people to report like crimes that immigrants have committed. So people have been calling it and talking about reports of space aliens. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. So uh, there's the article from Salon on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Launch of Crime Victim Office comes after White House releases list of criminal immigrants riddled with inaccuracy. And there's also an article I read earlier, at least the title, about how Homeland Security has released uh, a list of criminals that are often, they're children and babies are listed as criminals. What the fuck? <laughs> Just fucking, such fucking absurd bullshit. Like, I mean, it's like this whole other level. It's like, how cruel can you be to find new ways to be cruel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God. It's, it's <laughs> unprecedented. I, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have like a weird gene in their bodies? Like, Marquis de Sade is in all of them. <laughs> it's, I can't even, I can't. I don't, uh, the babies. Yeah. The Watch out for those fucking babies. And it's like, and it's like, they're the criminals. Like, the people in the White House are the criminals. Yeah. They're legitimately the criminals. They're the, fucking poisoning the environment. They're hurting people. They're the worst of the worst. Yeah. You know how they say, like, uh, if you confront somebody for lying, they get more and more defensive. Mm-hmm. But that's usually because they are lying. Yeah. That's that's our government. Yeah. The more pressure you put on them, the you know, they turn around and make it your fault. You did this. Dirty immigrants. Oh. Uh, okay. And like, I mean, the scary thing is that the, there are people who believe in it and yeah. who are participating in it. And that's the scary, like the kind of brown shirts, like in you know, the Nazis, where they have the people following orders, like the fucking mm-hmm. fascists who come to Berkeley. Yeah. It's yeah. one thing if the people are in, in power and a lot of us are like, you're terrible, you're corrupt, we don't like you, we're not going to listen to you, we're, we're going to resist. Yeah. And then the other problem, I mean, that's one... So there's that, which is okay. However, there are other people who are going to listen and going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to follow these orders and I'm going to punch down and mm. hurt marginalized people. And that's the scary part or like the ordinary citizens who are listening to this and taking direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they were taught to do what you're told. <sighs> yeah. Which no, I know. Yep. Luckily, even as, as a kid, when I was younger, my mom would always complain that I always asked too many questions. I'm like, that is a, that's gr- a good thing. That's a great quality. Why? I don't tell me why is this happening? But why? <laughs> I saw this kid on Bart the other day and he was like, he was super cute. And he was like, Dad, why is there a flag on the train? Because like I say, like an American flag, and I'm like, that kid's awesome. Yes, keep asking. I'm like, why are there flags anywhere? And then I wanted to like participate, but I was, awesome. and then he just kind of went on like, well, why is it this? Why is this station this color? What's this? And the dad was very patient. And was like, oh well, da 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 da. And the kid was just going on and on and on with all these questions. And that's so great to have yes. that curiosity and the, the questioning of everything. Why yeah. are things a certain way? Yeah. Who made it a certain way? Yeah, but why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's I love bringing my niece. Um, to the city and I don't hide anything from her. I'll walk through the TL with her yeah. and she'll be like, why is that guy sleeping on the floor? And I'm like, cause the system is fucked up. Yep. <laughs> if I had money, I would give it to, and like I, sh- we will like, she'll yeah. be like, do you, yeah, do you have a dollar? And mm-hmm. I'll like, and she'll go give it to someone who looks like they need a dollar. Yeah. And it makes me want to cry every time. I'm like, I wish I was rich. I oh, have, totally. I'm like, I have 40 bucks on me. I'm sorry. Oh, That's yeah. like to feed me and my niece. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if I was rich as fuck, just get everyone housing, yeah, food, like getting some mental health, like yeah, yeah. That's mainly it's it. And mental health care. That's the main thing. And it's crazy. Like I was saying, I I moved to Oakland, and it's I love the city, but it makes me realize how mentally ill a lot of us a lot of us are here. Not even just the people on the streets. Like myself, I'm like I know I have some fucking issues. I mean, how can you not have issues yes. yeah. growing up in this fucking world? Yeah, but just 
Oakland is a lot more calmer and just coming and I get off at Civic Center and all you see is just mental illness everywhere. Like different kinds. Not just the guy sleeping on the ground, the guy selling the drugs. Everyone's just a victim of their fucking upbringing, essentially. And... I like I love that I grew up here but it's so it's so draining just getting yeah. off now at Civic I was getting yeah. so used to it now being gone just for a few days and coming oh, yeah. back I was like damn I have issues if I think this is normal right like, right this is not okay none of yes. this is okay even one person out there with that is not okay yeah exactly and they're everywhere it's mm. like it smells of piss everywhere why is it that getting a toilet is such a that's a luxury for someone to be able to pee like a normal fucking person in society no you have to piss and shit on the floor because you're a hobo and we're not going to take care of you even though you probably could you know benefit society if we helped you out right right a lot of them can yes yeah you just need a chance yeah and if you can't get your basic needs met then how can you contribute yeah if you're like you're surviving every day yeah barely surviving like it's it makes me so sad and i'm like anytime i get depressed i just have to walk out there and go man if this guy wakes up every day and goes back to bed on the street i think i think i need to reevaluate myself like i'm like i think i'll be okay i have a roof i have family friends i have a shower shit like that's I, I that's how i grew up too my grandma whenever like i grew up super fucking pentecostal christian which mm-hmm. sucks but every time she'd make us pray and tell us you know pray for the people in prison pray for the people in the hospital mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah it really makes you realize like i need to stop bitching yeah fucking white people problems like oh my wi-fi <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that, that was me this morning that's me right now like <laughs> i want to read this article yeah. about such and such and it's like it's okay we don't have to get to it it's, it's all okay. right we'll be okay we, we, can, we have a toilet in the back room right We're okay we can make amends yeah <laughs> we can make two <laughs> But man, dude, it sucks. San Francisco, man. Fucking Lee, do something. <laughs> Somebody do something. Get yeah. him showers. Well, there's gonna, they're gonna. There was a meeting in the Mission District uh, last week about putting in a homeless navigation center on like 26th and Van Ness. Oh, that's and awesome. And so a lot of folks came out in support of it, and some folks were like, the, the NIMBYs, like not in my backyard. Yeah. Like nah. I want to complain about homeless folks and not do anything about it. Yeah. And it's we recognize, you know, recognizing okay, putting in a navigation center like that might lead to other, but it's also at least it's a step in some direction. Yes. As opposed to not addressing it at all. Yeah, exactly. They need a place to go well i love the, i forget what they're called they're like community ambassador people i see them sometimes like in the tl and mm-hmm. your civic and i've seen them go up to like groups of homeless people and like giving them flyers saying like you know here's where the shelters are here's where you get a free meal yeah here because they do have the that i love that this company or this thing that this dude started uh it's just a mobile bus that has showers like mm-hmm. it showers like five or six people at a time you have yes to yes and i'm like we need those everywhere all the time like that'll at least get them clean get him a razor maybe he'll be able to go to a fucking job interview because he showered and shaved yeah <laughs> that's all it takes is just to cl- like fucking shower sometimes it's also oh totally that's it and you'd look so much better give him fucking dude. clean <sighs> pair of socks yeah it's so valuable man i know it's I know, I need to start walking around with socks. Yes, yeah. Seriously. Like, I've... I mean, I give them food whenever I can. Um, I've, like, seen homeless people on the street and and it's cold and they have nothing on them and I'll be like okay there's a goodwill right over there I'll just get them a fucking blanket for a dollar yeah yeah and then just put it on them and they wake up and they have a blanket yeah and it's like those it's a fucking dollar yes or when 
I don't know. Like if you live in the city and there's a homeless person like in front of your house and they look cold, give them a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> like just grab it. For, like I'm sure you have plenty of blankets. You're right, indoors. Right. Give them a blanket. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Some people, I don't know. You need to got to be nice to each other. <laughs> Betterment of society. Absolutely. <laughs> we all live here. <laughs> we do and we're all connected mm-hmm. amen yeah. <laughs> I was going to read a little bit of the article I was able to pull up um, from Salon uh, following up one of President Donald uh, 45's executive orders in January the Department of Homeland Security on Wednesday rolled out a new office designed to protect fuckers <sighs> that's me protect is in quotation I know I'm on the radio and I use quotation marks like people aren't gonna see that okay um, protect they say yeah. the victims of crimes committed by illegal immigrants okay first of all can someone protect us from the crimes committed by the fucking government mm-hmm. or by law enforcement can, can someone do that yeah let's do that thank Th- you thank you Black Panthers thank you <laughs> right brown berets can someone help protect us thank you um, by illegal and also like the fucking the idea illegal like what fuck you yeah fuck you how do you know they're illegal right it's just a cover up for being a fucking racist yep do, do, do they wear a sign that say I'm an immigrant Are the, were you the, don't know were the pilgrims legal when they came in and started shooting people yeah right hmm, hmm. interesting anyway <laughs> um and as the latest attempt by 45 to crack down on, on illegal immigrants, even just using those, those words together is like, makes me feel gross. Uh, in the U.S., the White House also launched a new hotline so that victims or witnesses could easily report allegations of criminal incidents. But immigrants' rights activists organizing, organized online under hashtag Alien Day hashtag are claiming that they have quickly overwhelmed Trump 45's hotline with complaints of of crimes committed by space aliens <laughs> surrounded by the families of victims of crime committed by undocumented immigrants homeland security secretary john kelly announced the victims of immigration crime engagement office also called voice mm. um i don't know if i can get down get down can we just have all native down. americans call in yeah please all at once <laughs> get out all, all european americans have to leave yes i would be like i Shit, i appreciate head. that like my grandparents came here to escape fascism in europe mm-hmm. and i also appreciate where you're coming from yes. so i get it like i don't really have a homeland to go to yeah and at the same time i totally recognize that and that's totally valid yes it makes sense yeah like we're I mean, on a lonely like, land if you want to go if you want to get real about it just get real none of us should be here for the most part the ones that should be here barely exist anymore so sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) fuck i'm sorry (laughs) yeah so we're having some difficulty with loading up but but i think that's you know there's like diversity of tactics like Mm -hmm. different ways to like fuck with the system yeah it's like and i'm also they're all i mean i'm sure i'm kind of optimistic when it comes to like 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 space alien oh yeah i'm like hmm however i mean i wouldn't trust humans either if i like i mean i also, I feel like, am I even human, though? Are we yeah. even human? How yeah. many of us are human? Exactly. How, mo- how many of us are born yeah, just being assimilated you, or something? Yeah, I was like, assigned female at birth, so, and that was like, <laughs> wrong, number one. So then I'm like, what else am I being told? Yeah. It's, am I not? Am I human? What are we fuck? human, though? No. What is human? <laughs> that reminds me of a play I was in, a musical I was in in junior high. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of it, but there was a song. It was about puberty and all these things that junior high school students go through. Oh God! <laughs> and it was like one of those. Like, <laughs> and we had a song. Exactly, is a great point called. Uh, it's like it went normal, 
what is normal (laughs) and it's like i appreciate that yes i've always it's always it's way better to be weird than normal yeah i hate the word normal yeah that's like a good thing no yeah who's to decide what normal is yeah indeed fucking fascist speaking of fascist um So ICE detained a Mexican man who sought sanctuary in Denver church for nine months. This is an article that came out yesterday. It's on Democracy Now. A Mexican immigrant named Arturo Hernandez Garcia was arrested Wednesday morning by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Hernandez Garcia had sought sanctuary from deportation at the First Unitarian Society Church for nine months until... Mm. July 2015, when he was told he no longer he was no longer a pri- priority for deportation, supporters of Hernandez Garcia says he has been targeted in part because of his immigration activism. Ah, uh, and then they fuck. have a an interview here. So if you go to Democracy Now, you can uh, check out that. Yes, and this uh, this person has children, a small business owner. It's like he's a good person. Yeah, and not get out of here. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> It gives me fucking goosebumps in the worst way possible. Yeah. These are all such, oh, God. Why? Why are we targeting these people? They're good people. You like you're, and you know you're making society worse because they're leaving behind their children. Yes. No. Well, I mean, it may actually in the long run it may be good because these kids are going to grow up to fucking hate America. Right. But they're still here. They're Americans, so maybe they'll topple the fucking government. <laughs> and they're like, "You took my father." Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about all the people, all the kids whose parents are like sent to prison. Yeah. The people who grew up without parents who like they're arrested for some like silly mm. reason. Yeah. And then they grow up without parents. Yeah. You're like, you think that's going to help? How about you let them stay with their children, figure something else out? You know, it's, oh my God, it's ridiculous. It's so sad. That's a big, I mean, obviously that's a big thing in, in uh, you know, cities like Oakland and East Palo Alto and big, you know, their kids end up selling drugs because they have like now a single income household. Mom can't do everything. Mom can't, you know, cook, clean take care of the kids, have a job, sure. pay for everything. And then the kids make their own money by selling drugs because they're usually young. You can't get a job when you're 14. Right, right. So they sell drugs, and that's the circle of the ghetto. <laughs> and then they end up in jail. Yeah, and the recidivism. Yeah, exactly. And you come out of jail, and then you can't get certain jobs because yeah. of your record. Yep, exactly. It doesn't... It, it causes so many more issues than it solves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't solve any, really. I mean, yeah. what the fuck are they doing? Oh, it's greed. I mean, yep. it's like a continuation of slavery. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. It, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just behind bigger walls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like out, out of sight, so people think it doesn't exist anymore. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh. Except for these kids growing up without daddies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and even when you have two parents, it's still difficult to raise children. Mm. So oh. it's oh. like... Yeah. Like, exactly. Exactly. And I'm like... I was practically raised by, my dad was around and he went to prison for a couple years and my mom was on her own for that time. Mm -hmm. And then he came back, but then he has issues. Sure. And he left again when I was 14. So I was raised essentially by a single mom with a lot of like mental health issues, which is totally understandable because of her circumstances. She's a teen mom, two kids, no one to help her. And you're like shit that's why i never get mad at her like we'll argue but i'm like i get it you have anxiety totally fucking get it it sucks fuck the system that's what happened and it's oh man it happens all the time (laughs) i know so many people have the exact same story as me and very few of them want to you know stop the cycle 
Oh, you know? sure. I mean, they want to stop it. They it's, just don't know well, how. how. Right. How do you? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, what do I do? I don't have money for college. Uh, I work at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Uh, Shit. Just keep it going. Yep. Fight the power. Right. Ugh. Well, let's take a music break. <laughs> Not that there's then, anything wrong with working at McDonald's. No, <laughs> do not what you at all. Do. Which reminds me of the the. <laughs> so I was I was casting my first commercial ever. Mm-hmm. So we nice. we did it. We had the shoot yesterday. Yay! And at first, I'm like kind of selective. Like I know as an actor, it's like difficult business anyway to be in. And that's why I have like a lot of jobs, different, <laughs> different jobs. But then I'm also like there are certain acting gigs I won't even apply for because I don't. I'm like I won't be in an ad for a big bank or something like that or the oil. You know, like mm-hmm. there's certain industries where I'm like I can't in good conscience support these. Yeah establishments that I myself want to destroy. Yes. Anywho. Good. (laughs) So I had applied and I wasn't sure what this company was like. So I get there yesterday and I'm like, what is this? I asked like the, the person who's the wardrobe person. I'm like, what is this company? And she's like, Oh, probiotic. And I was like, I was like relieved. I'm like, okay, I use probiotics. Okay. And like, I'm sure, you know, you dig deep enough. There's every company is going to have its own issues, but I was like, all right, this is cool. It's not weapons manufacturer. Can you imagine me in a fucking commercial for weapons? I mean, I would, I don't know if I'd try to sabotage it from the inside or just not partake in all. I don't know. So I was like, whew, cool. So then I, I was told I was, I was cast as a janitor and I'm like, okay. And I've worked as a janitor in my life. So I'm like, all right. And then I get there and they say, oh, do you know how to use a vacuum? And for one of my jobs as a caregiver, I vacuum. So I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with the vacuum. So it was like this kind of like, okay, this is like, it's just such an interesting like meta. Yeah. It's so meta. That's so weird. And so then they said, oh, well, can, can we like, See, you know, see you dancing with a vacuum and I'm like I don't usually dance when I vacuum I'm usually thinking about like how terrible things are in the world and like, like to be honest like that's kind of where I'm at I'm like but it's also nice to clean and that's anyway so then I'm like sure but yeah I'll dance and then so thankfully the director was like okay what what do you like to dance to so the first thing out of my mind was Rage Against the Machine yes and so they put on Killing in the Name yes so they're playing that and it's like it's not going to be in the commercial because the commercial's going to have the voiceover and all that yeah however I am dancing, like, so everyone in the crew, we all hear, kill, they played Killing in the Name of, you know, like, twice, yes. and I get to, like, you know, rock out to that song, and so having oh. that there was, like, this very, like, powerful, oh, oh maybe you can, like, it's just kind of, like, changing things from the inside, and it's not, yeah. it's at least making some kind of small dent yes. in that, okay, I'm here, and I'm participating in mm-hmm. advertise like, commercial and advertising, which I think is problematic in a lot of ways and at the same time mm-hmm. how can i use this opportunity to kind of push my Your point agenda, of view and yeah. my my fucking yeah my agenda yeah, yeah, <laughs> so fuck, i was like yeah <laughs> everyone here everyone in the crew is gonna listen to rage against the machine and yeah. people were like okay with that for sure yeah and if you, you like, weren't then fuck you I <laughs> yeah dare you to say yeah. something no. <laughs> it's like fuck you i won't do what you tell me yeah. even though i'm being directed to dance with a vacuum yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated yeah uh, lots of layers <laughs> so it, it was just interesting to have that mm. and also just to be asked for my your opinion and yeah, yeah which was to great. make you comfortable too yeah definitely because yeah. that matters i mean it's not like they're gonna put on some lame-ass music and you're like i cannot dance to this yeah totally and also if you know me it's i don't dance it's just something <laughs> no. about me it's like i feel like i'm very open and i, pre- I appreciate dance and the arts in a lot of ways and then for yeah. myself i've just never been a dancer yeah so it's like well i guess uh, but i'm an actor so yeah. i can do it and I'll rock out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was also just like this song is playing i feel pretty good because in some way even if it's even though the, the lyrics themselves will not be in the commercial, it's still, it will exist in the greater... Yes. It, it, you're, you'll be emitting Rage Against the Machine vibes to yeah. dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, same. Oh my god, same. so good. So that was like one, you know, benefit mm. to... Yeah. Hell yeah. 
course oh, I it was know. a nice surprise yes i know i love being able to uh, that's how you know i'm uh well i i my first tattoo is dead kennedy's tattoo i fucking love punk yeah i never really i grew up listening to a lot of like hip-hop and house music but i never danced i just listened to it and i appreciated the bass but i'd go to a lot of punk shows as a kid mm-hmm. and it's they're beautiful just everyone's angry and young and yeah. just they fucking hate the government and everyone's an anarchist and you're like ah yeah <laughs> so it's it, i could appreciate rocking out you're Fuck like yeah. yes <laughs> would you like to request a song Oh, or two man. or three. Oh, uh, let's listen to. Can you find "Chicken Shit Conformist" by the Dead Kennedys? Okay, I definitely do not have that in my iTunes. So I I'll find it online. <laughs> it's a great song. Chicken Shit Conformist. Yeah. That describes a lot of people, yeah. I think. Yeah, the full uh, title is "Chicken Shit Conformist Like Your Parents." Wow. It is an amazing song. It definitely molded me into who I was in high school, or I mean now. I mean I. I found that song when I was a freshman and I'd literally just write out the lyrics from beginning to end is it's like it's like the Bible. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Chicken shit conformist. Uh-huh. Very cool. I'm always happy to like l- listen to new music. Yeah, I got to listen to the lyrics, man. <laughs> oh, it's a long one too for punk. It's 6 minutes. Yeah, it's epic. That's great. It is. I mean, I appreciate when punk songs are short and then yeah, I also short, appreciate sweet. longer ones too. Yes. This one has a real message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Chicken shit conformist. Closed-minded, self-centered social club Ideas don't matter, it's who you know If the music's gotten boring It's because of the people Who want everyone to sound the same Who drive the bright people out Of our so-called scene Till all that's left is just a meaningless Yeah. 
suggestion yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs to study that song yeah i need to listen to it again and look at the lyrics the lyrics are beautiful can you imagine a church that was like the church of punk rock i'm sure that exists somewhere oh yeah where sure. you just you sing songs like that yes and you go over the verses <laughs> and you have Fuck sermons on police. it <laughs> be beautiful Oh, oh. oh jello. <laughs> yeah. Although I think maybe it's almost contradictory in a way because one doesn't necessarily want someone telling us what to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> so true. true. Maybe people can just like run up on stage and be like, yeah, listen to this one or let's talk about this. And then yeah. someone else can 
then it's just a mosh pit. Then it's just a mosh pit. I think they call that a punk show. It is a church in itself. There you go. (laughs) I mean, punk shows are church. Nice. (laughs) For people that are angry. Yeah. Very true. Positive and angry. Positive and angry. (laughs) I found the the article I wanted to read earlier, and that's from Vice, and it's, gay bards can be mind-bogglingly racist. And I posted this, and a lot of us were like, yes, and water is wet. Yes. (laughs) Tell us something we don't know. So I wanted to share this. Thank you. Because I did uh, mention that we'd be talking about it on the show, and then next week, even more so so this is from vice and this is written by uh, michael street and it came out april 21st of this year we decided to take a look at how unsafe quote-unquote safe spaces have been in the last 12 months last weekend rebar went from being one of new york city's most promising new gay clubs and imagining you know, like, I don't watch Saturday Night Live much anymore, but there was that character, Stefan, who did, like, the new... The new I'm imagining him, like, <laughs> doing... Rebar went from being one of the New York City's most promising new gay clubs oh, yes. to a glaring personification of the lack of intersectionality oh, yes. that exists within broader gay culture. Oh, <laughs> imagine him doing that. Yes. <laughs> uh, when the bar opened its doors in Chelsea, partygoers across New York were pretty excited to check it out. But one Facebook post by a patron named Ian Alexis shifted the conversation away from the club's new digs to the way the venue allegedly allegedly, Mm -hmm. their words, (laughs) mistreats people of color. In the post, Alexis detailed how he and his friends had been denied entry over the weekend by an employee who told them that the bar was at capacity. Mm. Alexis said his group prepared to leave before another employee allowed them to come inside. Once they stepped in, they saw that it was pretty much dead and empty as his post had it. While other black patrons overwhelmed the line outside, unable to enter. Hmm. After Alexis's story caught wind, similar complaints began to flood Rebar's social media pages and review sites. Uh, I actually kind of felt helpless, Alexis told Mike, after his initial Facebook post went viral. While Rebar management later released a statement admitting they understand patrons were made to feel unwelcome during our opening weekend, they also refused to speak to claims of racial discrimination, despite the fact that Rebar opened in the former space of G-Lounge, which had the same owners and also suffered from its own discrimination rumors. Hmm. Unfortunately, the events at Rebar did not happen in isolation. In fact, this alleged discrimination is all too common at gay bars. Over the last 12 months, there have been a shocking number of prejudicial actions committed in so-called safe spaces here's a rundown of the of the ones that have caught our attention yeah and then they mentioned the the n-word which i can't even like i know it's a sh- i can't yeah. even ugh, i can't I even say it oh. uh, in september a video of daryl Deplano, the owner of a philadelphia gay bar eye candy began to circulate on social media it depicted him of saying the n-word mm-hmm. uh ew ew ew, ew ah. ugh, ugh, he's saying that in, every, in, in a conversation in which he insinuated that queer men of color disproportionately ask bar staff for drink tickets. The, and on oh April 15th, God. during the bar's sixth anniversary, audio from that clip was broadcast on loudspeakers outside the bar by protesters for everyone to hear. Yes. While DePlano admitted it was him in the video and has since apologized for the statement, claiming it was recorded years ago and doesn't represent his true feelings, the revelation (laughs) was one of many that made Philadelphia's Commission on Human Relations take action. Today, 11 bars and clubs are undergoing anti-discrimination training after a subsequently commissioned study showed how rampant discrimination was in the city. This discrimination, according to the reports, extended to queer women who are routinely failed to be served at bars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ashley Marie Preston is a trans activist who works on the Transgender Advisory Board in West Hollywood, LA's gay neighborhood. Last Tuesday, she went to eat at a WeHo restaurant named Catch. 
After arriving with a reservation, Preston, who also happens to be a person of color, alleges that she was stonewalled at the door and only allowed in after threatening to leverage her position on the advisory board to criticize the establishment. Once inside, she said, the poor treatment continued. (laughs) In an op-ed for local blog, We Hoville, Preston recounted what ensued. She claims a condescending server then came to her table, instructing her that these places work a little differently. Oh, my God. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Preston claims the server attempted to direct her towards menu items that were cheaper. Oh, my God. Wow. The insinuation was similar to DePlano's people of color are cheap. (sighs) A conversation with an assistant manager about what had transpired proved fruitless. His response for Preston, I don't think that's likely. Laverne Cox has eaten here before. (laughs) <laughs> as she wrote for We Hope Bill. To me, that's like someone saying, I can't be racist. I have a black friend. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cool. This January, a 2012 email leaked from David Peruza, the manager of Washington, D.C. gay bar, JR's, to a graphic designer working on flyers for the bar. The flyer in question was for an Olympics-themed party and featured an African-American athlete stretching. I don't know how to be PC about it, the manager in question wrote, but do you have a hot white guy? Wow. Oh my god. We're giving each other these glances. I'm like, I'm like crying and like, oh like, god. Uh, reportedly, the graphic designer replied back with, first, don't actually put that in writing again. Oh my god. As the owner of JR's told Mike, we, I won't apologize for it because I don't think there's anything wrong with that for what was going on at the time. Everything was Abercrombie models and pretty boys. Oh, fuck you. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh, the fact that a black model shouldn't alienate a white audience or that black models can't be both pretty boys and Abercrombie models mm-hmm. still seem lost on him. Oh, yeah. I remember that uh, a while ago. Well, I mean, it's still a thing. Abercrombie not oh. have... Yeah, black people aren't ever oh. in their ads. It's fucking... It's so disgusting. <laughs> in late November, Gia Valverde... Her friends were at, and her friends were at Denver's X Bar, where they came face to face with an offensive display, particularly in the wake of the 2016 election. We were getting some drinks at the bar, and I noticed there was a half-built wall. Ew, Gia Valverde told Colorado's Nine News. There was an American flag on the wall, and above Mm. that, there was what looked like a dead Mexican in a sombrero on top of it. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God! I would just start a fight. I'm oh, sorry. I I'm like, burn that down. Oh my God! I'm like, oops. As others laughed, Valverde posted a photo of the display in a private post to her Facebook page. It was soon shared in a public post by her friend Stephen Garcia. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, and I will say it again: Gay people can be racist. Garcia wrote. Yeah. Do you know how many Latinx people have spent their American dollars in your establishment yep. to depict a Mexican in quotations mm-hmm. with bloody hands climbing over a wall with an American flag so nicely draped over it is downright <laughs> disgusting. It's fucking exactly. It's, oh my god. <sighs> a statement was soon posted on the bar's Facebook page claiming the bar's owners had no prior knowledge of the visual statement. Oh, my which God. Which they called satire. Hmm. Ah! Yeah. They recognized how problematic it was, <sighs> had it removed, apologized to anyone who was upset, and it instituted And given training. all the Mexicans back their money, <laughs> people that have spent money there, give them back uh, their money, then we might talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> and instituted training for employees to prevent similar incidents in the future. In August, genderqueer drag performer, this goes on and on, genderqueer drag performer Valentine Stefan was kicked out of the New York City bar Boots and Saddle 
drag lounge after a verbal altercation with a cisgender woman in the women's bathroom. <laughs> According to Stefan, after being accosted by the woman in the lounge's bathroom, Stefan was asked to leave the space by security. She told me that I shouldn't be in the women's bathroom because I don't have a pussy or a vagina or whatever. Oh my! Told Out Magazine. What? This is exactly what the security said. He said, "Well, we cater to straight women here, so if you are making them feel uncomfortable in the bathroom, you have got to go." Oh my God! In addition, Stefan claims a friend of the woman denied Stefan's trans identity. While all of this is happening, the woman's friend is yelling in my face that I'm not trans and that I can't be trans unless I have titties and a pussy. Oh my God! Ah, what a fucking! Con- oh my God! I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I don't know what to. S- oh Ugh. fucking bitches! I always wish I could just like, just transport myself to these. Yes. It, like these things happening and just be like, shut the fuck up, and then go to the next one. Be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Boots and Saddle uh, apologized for the event and changed the signage on restrooms to gender neutral. Yeah. But the fact that Stefan had t- had to experience such discrimination in the first place, alongside mm. the myriad other examples listed here, shows that even in LGBTQ establishments, safe space is a subjective term. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, it's fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Ugh. Why? Yeah. People, stop. Yeah, seriously, stop. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I just need to spend two hours saying, stop it. I'm, I'm going to go protest in front of the White House. Stop, stop it. Yeah. Just stop. But I'll just like, cut down. Well, I, I don't want to cut down stop signs because that would be dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, make our own stop signs and just saying, stop, and just like, cast them around. You know what we mean. Yeah. You, there's too much to list. To and, Oh, God. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult. Yep. I'm so sorry, peoples. <laughs> yeah. Yep. People out there. And this is happening in cities. Yeah, in the big cities and gay bars mm-hmm. where... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's... Yeah, racism is a lot more deeply rooted than, I mean, it's... It's normalized it's not, in Yeah, it's, and it shouldn't be. And that's yeah. what's so scary. It's not normal, yes. but it's so normal. Yeah, it's people accept it. <laughs> yeah, our brains have been hot-wired, and it's really... You need to fucking get that shit... Fix your brain. <laughs> oh. That is not okay. It's not normal. It's not okay. No. What the fuck is wrong with people? Yep. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, God. And it's amazing. I do love that in, like, in a lot of cultures, trans people are, like, amazing. They're there, like, you know, you are gods. You know more than us. Yeah. Listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it fucking should be. I know. Like, just all of them. You, you guys are in charge now. Yeah. What oh, should wow. we do? If trans people ran the world, oh, oh, shit. there'd be a lot of white men in jail. Uh, you like, I think a lot of us would want to abolish jails, but beforehand, we'll, let's do it, we'll do it like a, a, an exchange. Yeah. We'll, we'll, like a wife swap, but yes. instead, like, a white swap. people of color who are incarcerated for mm-hmm. nonviolent drug offenses. Yeah, exactly. Get folks out. Yeah, the put ones. in the politicians, CEOs, landlords. Mm-hmm. We can start off with that. Step one. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's mm-hmm. a good step in stone. Yep. <laughs> now we just got to buy the jails. Yeah, do liberate have, the jails. Do you have one billion dollars so I could buy the jail? Oh, I actually do. <laughs> I have it lying around. It's just, it's fully, uh, fully me. I just I've been just sorry. hoarding it this entire time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I know. I love when people say, well, you could just do that. Are you going to let me borrow a million bucks? Yeah. I could do anything if I could just have your yeah. 
yeah. I mean, imagine what that would look like because like, I recognize there are like violent folks who are in prison, you know, oh, yeah. and like we need treatment. So yeah. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I think it's you know, it's not all not going to happen overnight. It's not just like we snap our fingers and everyone's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, there needs to be. First of all, all especially look at the deportation centers and folks. Oh. That's ridiculous. That's just, like I said, just the the term illegal immigrant is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You're a person. You're doing good. Yeah, nobody is illegal. No, exactly. You might classify actions as being such. Yeah, exactly. And even then, like, just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's moral. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, fucking A, man. Yep. Fucking A. Shit. Yeah, I was watching um, some, like, Planet Earth documentary it wasn't planet earth it was another Mm -hmm. thing but um it it was talking about this really small like pacific island with like a population of like 500 Mm -hmm. and it's like beautiful island it looks like it's paradise you know white sands gorgeous it's in the pacific islands and it was just beautiful seeing how it's usually small communities that work for the common good. Yeah. The bigger you get, the less you care about everybody. Because there's too many people to care about, which I get. But that doesn't need to happen. There's so many of us. If we all just put in a little work, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. But it was just so cool seeing this small community and how like, like there's no, no one is trying to overpower anybody you yeah know, work together because if you try to you know be better than everyone else you're you're gonna fuck up like they they don't like that yeah. <laughs> they don't like competition this is yeah what it's is not healthy it's not i know that's why like I, it's really interesting how in america being competitive is a good thing being mm-hmm. competitive is kind of weird i don't like it i i know except when i'm playing air hockey yeah like <laughs> I'm competitive against myself. Yeah. I love yeah. Tetris and Pac-Man. Tetris. <laughs> yes. When we first yes. met, that was what what, bought, yeah. what connected us. Yes. You Tetris. asked what kind of nerd I was, and you yeah. said, are you a Tetris nerd? I'm like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love organizing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. 